Let's turn our Bibles this morning to the book of 2 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians chapter number 9, uh, 2 Corinthians chapter number 9. Aren't you thankful that when God changes you, it's a forever change, and I'm glad that I'm saved. I trust that you're glad that you're saved. I trust you are saved, uh, but I'm glad that I'm always going to be saved, and uh uh, that is a permanent change. Praise the Lord for that. We're going to be in 2 Corinthians chapter number 9. This will be the fourth Sunday morning in a row I've, sp- I've spoken on the subject of the giving. And uh, I believe that um, this will conclude this little mini-series, if you will, the Lord impressed upon my heart. Uh, we spent the first three messages last three weeks out of the book of 2 Corinthians chapter number 8. And now we'll be in verse number 9, some uh, fairly familiar verses of Scripture this morning. I've preached for them before. I've, I've, uh, I've published uh, things that, that had the, the, these thoughts in them, but it's a little bit different today. And I want you to uh, let the Lord uh, speak to your heart this morning. And uh, the matter of giving, as I've emphasized over the last three weeks uh, and again today, is all about God having us. Um, this church does not get nervous whenever I preach on giving. This church is a giving church. Uh, this church is a church that uh, gives above and beyond uh, what is the average, what is the norm. Uh, but I want us to be reminded that God should have all of us. He should have our heart. He should have every part of us. And uh, as I mentioned a couple messages ago, uh, that's one of the, the ways that we, our sincerity is tested. Um, will you, will you, I do anything for the Lord, but would you give? Uh, it's a test of our sincerity. And so this morning, uh, I want to again establish some more principles that God puts in our life, uh, puts in the Word of God that we should have in our life uh, that certainly uh, will help us in our efforts to serve Him. Second Corinthians chapter number 9, we begin reading with verse number 6. But this I say, he which soweth sparingly shall reap also sparingly, and he which soweth bountifully shall reap also bountifully. Every man according as he purposeth in his heart so let him give, not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loveth a cheerful giver. And God is able to make all grace abound towards you, that ye always, having all sufficiency in all things, may abound to every good work. This morning, I want to take these three verses, and I'm going to preach on this subject, Bible principles for giving. Bible principles for giving. As I have preached on this subject of giving now for the fourth Sunday in a row, I don't want you to give because of your pastor. I don't want you to give uh, because of any other reason of the principles that God has put in this book. There are some commands for us to follow, but there are some principles for us to follow that I believe will make a difference in our life and in the life of those around us. Father, I pray this morning that as we look at your uh, word this morning, may we be reminded of these very important truths. Uh, your word is unchanging. Uh, your word is something that we can build our life on, uh, we can build our home on, uh, we can build our church on. And in fact, we can not only do that, we should be doing that. Father, I pray that you'd work in the service this morning. If there's one unsaved uh, in the service, listening by radio, watching by live stream, may today uh, be their day of salvation. Uh, Father, may we uh, be honest. May the Spirit of God work in our heart. And may we be willing to answer the question this morning, do you have our full surrender? Do you have our heart? Do you have our life? Father, I pray that you'll work this morning, for it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let me make some statements about giving this morning. Giving gets the focus off of ourselves. Giving puts the focus on others. 
Giving provides the means to which we can make a difference. This world is always, I'd like to make a difference. Well, giving provides the means to do that. Giving is expected by God. Giving is modeling a generous God. Giving is the heart of God. The most famous verse in the Bible, John 3, 16, For God so loved the world, He gave. Giving provides the ability to grow as a Christian and as a person. I'll say this, and if you know me, you know my heart. I want to do what's best for you. I want to preach what is going to help you grow and reach your potential for the Lord. I preach on giving not because we need to make the budget. We're making the budget to God be the glory for that. I'm not preaching on giving because we have great needs. We're always going to have great needs. We meet those. God's going to impress upon us some other needs. But I'm preaching on giving what I believe is what God first impressed on my heart because giving enables us to grow as a Christian. In order to give more, God's got to have more of us. And I believe this morning that there are many sitting here. You're, you're in the house of God, which you should be. You're, you're, you're checking some boxes as to what, what God would have you to grow. But perhaps the last step for you taking that next step of growth is for you to be willing to be a giving Christian as the Lord instructs us to be. Giving reveals priorities. And giving gets God's attention. Paul is writing the Corinthian church, and he's on the subject of giving. If you think back to the last three Sundays as we've gone through chapter number 8, the preceding chapter from our text this morning, he begins chapter number 8 by using as an example the sacrifice of the Macedonian churches. He focuses on their example and focuses on their willing gift and how, if you remember, how they were in great distress, they were afflicted, they, they were in deep poverty, but they heard of the need of the other Christians, they heard of the need so that the gospel could go forth, and they approached the Apostle Paul and said, we took it upon ourselves to gather what we could while they were afflicted, while they were in deep poverty, and we insist, Paul, that you take our gift so the cause of Christ can be helped. As Paul writes to the Corinthian churches, he uses the Macedonian churches as an example in chapter number 8. In chapter number 9, he begins to turn the attention back to the Corinthian churches. And he mentions in the first few verses of chapter number 9, he's reminding them of a commitment they've already made. He's reminding them of the need that is there. He is speaking to them and saying, if when I come, and may perhaps some of these Macedonian Christians will come with me, and, and, and you want to have everything in order that you need to have in order, and, and as a reminder that even though they gave, there's opportunities for you to give as well, and you should be willing to do so. Then he gets down to verse number 6, and down to the rest of the chapter, he reminds them of some important things, and our focus this morning is on verses 6 through 8 as he gives what I would like to call this morning some principles of giving. Giving can be, but should not be, an emotional thing. We need to have some principles in our life that guide all of that. Now, I do believe that the eye affected the heart. I do believe when we hear of a need, and there are some things and emotions that stir us, but I'm going to illustrate this morning from these verses how it's, it should be a little bit different. And I want to give us some principles to establish this morning. And if, you, if you've been attending at any length of time, you've probably got a sense of the heart of your pastor. I want to do as much as we can all do together for the cause of Christ. And I believe, and 
putting the need out there and saying, here's opportunities and, 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 and be careful what you raise your hand and surrender for. Say, Lord, I want to do anything. Pastor, anything you need me to do, I'll do. Well, you might end up in the Andes Mountains if you, if you say that. Um, but it's a willingness to give of ourselves. Here's some principles that I want us to see from these three verses. Number one is the principle of sowing and reaping. Notice again verse number six. But this I say, he which soweth sparingly shall reap also sparingly. And he which soweth bountifully shall reap also bountifully. The Bible speaks in a couple other passages about the sowing and the reaping. There's a principle there. Uh, You're not going to go out and you're not going to reap a harvest if you've never sown. You can have the seed bag sitting in your barn, but if you've never taken the effort to go out and plant that seed, you're not going to have a harvest. So there is, but whatever you plant, that's what you're going to get. If you if you plant a certain seed, you're going to get the fruit of that particular seed. That's why you and I need to be careful what we sow, because we're going to get what we have sown. That is a law. That is a principle that cannot be changed because it's God's law. You sow. You reap what you sow. And, you know, you hear that. It's like you, you reap what you sow. You reap what you sow. But as Christians, sometimes I wonder if we really believe that. A, a step further in that principle when it comes to giving is you're going to get not just what you... You're not just going to reap what you sow. How much you sow is directly related to how much you reap. Now, what you... So, you're going to reap that. How much you sow is related to how much you reap. There's the word in verse number 6, He which soweth sparingly does not reap bountifully. Now, let me say this. If you sow sparingly, you will reap. You will reap. I don't want to minimize what anybody does for anything. If you sow sparingly, we have a God that is so good that if you you sow something, he's got a law that he has chosen to abide by. He's going to bless that. All of us this morning would have to give testimony. God's been better to me than I deserve. God has done for me. And if you sow sparingly, he will bless you. Sparingly. He will bless you, but sparingly. Then there's that word bountifully. I like that word better than I like the first word. If you sow bountifully, God is not going to allow you to reap sparingly. You will reap bountifully. See, there's that principle, there's that law. What I sow, I'm going to reap. The amount I sow is the amount that I'm going to reap. Now, let me say this. If you have more to sow, God's going to give you an opportunity to reap bountifully. And there's a principle there of what we do with that 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 I'll probably touch on in just a little bit, but there's a principle. And I believe the context of this is if I have, in the category of bountifully, I could sow, but I sow sparingly, why should we look at God and say, God, why didn't you give me out of your riches when we weren't willing to give out of ours. Now, I'm thankful that I have a God that if I 
so a little bit, I'm still going to get a return on that. In God's economy, there's always a return. doesn't matter who the president is. doesn't matter what Congress does. doesn't matter about inflation. In God's economy, if you sow, you will reap. So I would say to all Christians this morning, sow something. Sow something. My encouragement to all of us is to sow. But don't be, if you, God has given you the money, you say, well, I'm just going to, pastor's been preaching about this and, and all the needs and everything, and I'm, I'm going to put a little bit in. You know how exciting it is when you sow and then God gives back? That's an exciting thing. It's exciting. It gets excited to hear your testimony. Say, Pastor, I, I decided I'm going to give to this, and I got this. I got it back in a in a bonus and a raise. And 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 some of you are getting it back because the car you drive should have died long, long time ago. And God keeps that thing running. And and and, and I'm sure this is a point of frustration. I Men, I'm going to help you in just a moment. Point of frustration to your wives. Like, Why do you still wear that shirt? Bless God. God's making it last because I sewed. And it's still here. I've, been, I've had it, that pair of shoes I've had for 37 years, and, and I still got them. Don't you throw those out. That's a testimony of the grace of God. And all the men said? Yeah. Okay, thank you, thank you. Ladies, we'll have an invitation for you in just a moment. But there's some truth to that. It's not just about what God puts in your pocket. It's a lot of it is about what God keeps in your pocket. It's God, because God can keep you healthy. God can provide in ways that we fail to see. But I, want you to, I don't want to minimize the fact that you, every Christian should sow something. And if you sow, you're going to reap something. But if you sow sparingly, you're going to reap sparingly. Now, don't miss this. Anything we get from God is something that we ought to, we ought to rejoice in. But think about what you could get from God. Think about how God could bless you. Say, oh, you're trying to make it all about what we could get. I, I want to make it about what God has given me. I want to give back to him. And as an extra blessing is the fact that if I sow a lot, if I sow bountifully, what is that talking about? That's talking out of my abundance. That's talking about out of my heart. That's talking about of my ability. And, and I can stretch it even a little bit further than I think I can. And if I'm willing to do that, God is willing to meet that with the same abundance. There's a principle of sowing and reaping. So we see in verse number six, if you sow sparingly, you're going to reap sparingly. There's a lot of Christians today, I believe this in my whole heart, that are upset at God or questioning God because why God doesn't do more for them. And the whole thing could be answered if they stop sowing sparingly. You can apply this to not just giving financially. You can apply this to, to your time. You can apply this to your talent. You can apply this with everything that God has given you. God, why don't you bless me more? Why don't you trust God with more? There's a principle that God is, not, God is abiding by. It's a law. It's something that he's going to do. So you sow sparingly. And prayer is the greatest, the greatest seed that you and I can ever sow is in prayer. Isn't it an awesome thing to get an answer to prayer? So why would you not pray two or three or four? You know, I, believe the, I believe God answers prayer, don't you? That's the greatest seed we can sow. It's a wonderful thing to say, God answered my prayer. Any prayer God, you know, we, He answers all of our prayer, I believe, just not in ways that we always wanted to answer it. 
But if we would pray more, you know what? He'd answer more. It's the principle of sowing sparingly, reaping sparingly. It's the principle of sowing abundantly, reaping abundantly. Principle number two we find here is the principle of purposing in the heart. Now, this is important because it ties right into verse number six. We see in verse number seven, every man, according as he purposes in his heart, so let him give. Now, it says every man, and we'll look at these other words in just a moment, let him, as he purposes in heart, so let him give. Every man, so let him give. It's important to us to be reminded of something we know. Giving is out of the freedom of our hearts, out of, out of what we want to do. You and I don't give to the IRS. The IRS demands that they that we not out of the goodness of our heart, kicking, screaming, whatever we but they're gonna get it. It's not the way it is with God. Now our government and, and, and I don't think this is a debate, waste our money. But God takes what we give, blesses us, and then uses it to do an eternal work. These Macedonian Christians that lived thousands of years ago, their work is still registered in heaven. The fruit of that is still being recorded in heaven. Because, no doubt, there's been many a people like, like our church who's been inspired by what they've done, and every time that takes place, their example, there's more rewards in heaven. So God, God allows us to do this, but there's a principle of purposing in the heart. What is he speaking of? That the, God is not going to waste what we give. God's not going to demand us give. And I don't believe you, you feel this way, but because I preach on giving... I'm here to tell you, and I think you know, know my heart, I'm not demanding you give a thing. I made it my mind as a pastor a long time ago, I'm not demanding, I'm not begging anybody to serve God. God's worthy to be served. I'm not begging anybody to give to God. He gave you everything you have. If, if it doesn't register in your mind, I'm not begging you. He's worthy for all of us to say, God, you can have whatever I have. He's worthy of that. I believe that is the context of verse number 7. Every man is according as he purposeth in his heart. Let me say it like this. What Paul is writing them and telling them, you sow sparingly, you reap sparingly. You, you sow bountifully, you reap bountifully. You give out of your heart. What he's saying is you give with your heart, not with your head. I believe through the centuries and Certainly it probably applies to those of us in here that there have been times God is impressed upon the heart, but we, our head stopped us from doing what God told our heart to do. Well, God, God, it doesn't make sense. I, if, I had a, if I had a dollar for every time I heard that, I wouldn't have to preach on giving. But you know, if, I, you know, you know, if that doesn't make sense, that's not the way God's economy works. Well, Pastor, I can't afford to give. You start giving and you'll be able to afford it. That doesn't make sense. Same is true when God comes to you and I as his church and impresses. It doesn't make sense for God to take those Macedonian Christians who the Bible tells us were in great affliction, in deep poverty, not just poverty, deep poverty, and God impressed upon them to take up an offering and put it together. And the scripture records they gave what they had and even beyond what they had, meaning 
As I remind you, they gave what they could and God gave what they couldn't. But they were willing to do that. Why? Because God impressed upon their heart to do that. Notice what the Bible says, not grudgingly. It's commitment time again. Man, I want to build buildings, Pastor. I just don't want us to have to pay for them. Oh, it's special offering time. And I don't ever get that sense. You know, and I would advise you not to have that spirit. Because then we'll do it every service, if nothing else. But no, it says not grudgingly. It's what I spoke about, I'm getting ahead of myself with a joy. I, I don't have to do this. But God presses upon my heart, not grudgingly or of necessity, but freely. I believe that's the principle of purposing in the heart. What God has impressed upon me in my heart, I'm going to do. Now, let me just say this, and I'm going to, illust- I'm going to illustrate this. Uh, well, let me, let me make a couple statements. Let your, let your heart guide you as the Spirit leads you. We took up our commitments a couple of years ago for all of our building programs, these things that we're trying to get accomplished. I urge you and encourage you to pray about it and pray about it and pray about it, and you made a commitment based on what God told you to do. Now, let me ask you, have you changed your mind on what God put on your heart? If God put it on your heart freely, if the Spirit of God impressed it upon you, one, He's going to make the way. He's given you an opportunity to invest that He's going to give that blessing back. But don't let circumstances change what God impressed upon your heart. Your heart should guide you as the Spirit leads you. That's the principle of purposing in the heart. And this is the way God works in His church. And if you'll allow me to illustrate this, I'm going to use you. If all of you could just stand up right, right where you are. Ushers, we're going to take an offering. Get the offering plate. No. <laughs> the Holy Spirit of God is real. And God does His work through His Word and through His Spirit. And as God, and I remind you that the world is God's field. He's concerned with reaching Jacksonville, Florida. He's concerned with the whole world. And God is going to raise up his church to reach his field. For God so loved the world. And and, and these churches are a good example of the Spirit of God impressing upon these Christians in Macedonia to help his cause in a different land. It didn't take pictures of sympathy to get them to be moved. Why? Because they were moved by the Spirit of God. And if we break it down in a church how God works and He wants His work to go forward, He wants missionaries sent out, He wants buildings to be built, not to be cathedrals, but as tools so that we can reach more people and we can do more for the cause of Christ and, and we can train up another generation. So what he does in a church is the Spirit of God, when the need is put out there or the message is, 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 is preached or in our daily Bible uh, reading as we know where we want to go with the church, and the Lord impresses upon the pastor. This is, this is an endeavor that I want you to be involved in. This is the, where the church needs to go. And this is reaching our Jerusalem. And we're going to go into every neighborhood. And we're going to go and we're going to do all these things. And, and we want to train up. We don't want to just give, give, them, give them the gospel and, and send them on the way. We want to train up. We want to do all that. So this is, what, this is how the Spirit of God does. And I'll let these men represent 
everybody in the church. And he comes to one individual and he impresses upon this heart. This is what you need to give. Then he comes to the next and he impresses upon this heart. This is what you need to give. Then he impresses on this heart. This is what you need to give. In this heart, in this heart, it's not the pastor collecting taxes. It's not God collecting taxes. Because if God got what he deserved from us, we couldn't provide it. We couldn't give it. But it's the Spirit of God saying, this is my church. This is what we want done. This is what we're going to do. And I'm going to impress upon the heart of my people what they need to do. Now, Paul's saying, church, whatever God impressed upon you, don't, be, don't give that grudgingly. Don't feel like you have to give it. Although if you made the commitment, he expects it. But give what I impressed on your heart freely. Let every man give freely. Now, he may come to Brother Montgomery and says, you got more than these guys. So he may impress upon him to give something that somebody over here may not be able to give. What is he supposed to do? Give it. They say, well, I know when Pastor puts this out, I know Brother Fox has got a lot of money. I don't know why everybody's laughing at that. I know he's got a lot of money. I know what God has been working on my heart, but I know what he's got. So he needs to give. And all God's people said, all right, he needs to give. But the Spirit of God knows what he wants every individual to do. Because he knows what you have, he knows what you don't have. He knows what you need in your life. Like it or not, there's some Christians, he, he presses upon you, you need to give more than you even think you're right. Why? It's not about, about the finances, it's about does he have you? Does he have you? And Paul is saying, to give to the work of God, everybody needs to do what I have impressed upon their Heart. Thank you, man. You can sit down. And that is so important for us to understand. It's the principle of purposing in the heart. According to how he purposes in your heart. This, this, this morning, and, and, and as, as I understand the, the giving that we do and all the different ministries that we're focused on and I, in, the, in the Sunday school class in here this morning, I, at the end of the class, I talked about our Christian school and certainly uh, we, we have in our mind our Reaching Spanish Nations ministry, uh, 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 ministry, missions ministry as there are those serving in all the different aspects that we have. How God does it is God may impress upon one individual's heart. I'm going to give and I see the giving report, and there are some that, that they are regular. They give to that Operation Light, and it is in a weekly, in a weekly, in a weekly. Well, how come everybody does it? God impressed upon that person to give freely. Now, the tithes, that's taken care of. What I'm saying is, is what God purposes in your heart, that's what you ought to do. Why is that? Because there's a principle of sowing and reaping. That if you give sparingly, you'll reap sparingly. You know, I believe with all my heart that God wants to give a great harvest of souls. Pastor, I don't think the world could be reached 
You could if God's people would fund it. There's a principle of purposing in our heart. Give with your heart, not your head. Then we move to number three, and I'll move quickly now so we're not quite as, un, quite as uncomfortable. There's the principle of joy. Every man, according as he purposes in his heart, so let him give, not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loveth a cheerful giver. For God loveth a cheerful giver. I'm reminded as we look at this principle of joy, we ought to give out of the joy of our heart. Chapter number 8, verse number 2, if you're reminded that, that in that great trial of affliction, those Macedonian Christians, they gave out of the abundance of not just their deep poverty, but the joy that abounded. It was their joy that led them to their liberality in giving. It wasn't a grudging thing to give to God. It was a joy. It was not of necessity. I don't have to do this. Friend, whether you dropped anything in that offering plate just a moment ago or not, you're still getting the same message. You know, I don't get up here and say, okay, we're going to turn the air conditioning on on this side and not this side. And all you givers are over here and you don't know. God's good to all of us. But it's the principle of joy. I didn't have to come to church this morning. I mean, it's kind of, I kind of had to, but you know what I'm saying? I didn't have to come this morning. I got to come this morning. You didn't have to come. Well, I did, or somebody was going to be texting me or calling me. No, 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 no. You're looking at it all wrong. I, I got to come to the house of God today. I get to sing those songs unto him. I, I get to hear the preaching of the word of God and allow the spirit of God to speak to my heart. Think about this. When the spirit of God impresses upon you and speaks to you and works in your heart, don't underestimate what that is. Don't overlook what that is. That's the almighty God speaking directly to you. Why is he doing that? Because he wants something of you that you can do for him. He wants to help you grow. He wants you to reach his potential. And there is an eternity of blessing and rewards that when we invest in what God is doing, there's a principle of joy that you give this morning grudgingly or with joy. Do you give of yourself grudgingly or with joy? Especially, I don't have much to give. Well, the fact that sometimes we have these work nights and you come down and work that's giving of yourself. We all can give of ourselves. We've got to approach it from a heart that is glad to do so. It's, it's a joy. See, Pastor, I'm with you. It's a joy to come to the house of God. It's a joy to get here early and get the coffee and the donuts. and It's a joy to get all of that. But it's a joy to participate. Think about how good God is to us. First of all, he gave us his son to pay our sin debt. You don't have to pay for your own sins. You don't have to go to hell and, and, and pay for your own sins. Jesus paid the price for you. And this morning, if you're saved, God gave us his son. God allows us 
to give to him. God is so good, he's not petty like you and I are. Well, I know they could give more. So because they could give more, I'm not giving them anything. That's how we would respond to that. But God says, no, you, you sowed something. I'll give you something back. I could give you more if I had more of you. But God is so good, he doesn't treat people like, well, my, my, my glass was almost empty by the time that waitress came over. I ain't giving her a tip. I'm glad you're not God. Because if people didn't sit, hit a certain threshold, well, you sowed sparely and you could have sowed bountifully. Therefore, I'm not giving you anything else. God is so good to us that he blesses us according to how we give to him. You know what he asks? Just don't do it grudgingly. I wonder if God feels, and I think we could draw the conclusion, God is almost saying, Paul's almost writing and saying, if you're going to do it because you feel like your arm's twisted, don't do it at all. If you're going to be mad about it, don't, don't, don't give grudgingly. Now, Paul's saying that. I'm not saying that. If you're upset about it, give it anyway, okay? Because, you know, that's Paul. But you get, the, you get what I'm saying this morning. We get to be a part of what God is doing. There's the principle of joy. And then lastly, we see in verse number 8, there's the principle of sufficiency. God puts these in order. And, that, and of course, I'll conclude with this one. But I'll, 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 I'll expand on this in just a moment. But I'm certain there's somebody in here, perhaps. This has been going through your mind. But how am I going to take care of my family? How am I going to do what I... God given me the responsibility to do these things. Am I to just push that aside? No, there's a principle, because if we get God's principles, and there's a principle of sowing and reaping, we understand that. There's a principle of, of purposing in the heart. What God impresses upon my heart, that is what is important to me, because what God's impressed upon my heart. Then there's the principle of joy. God would allow me to give, be part of his work. But there's that principle of sufficiency that's important this morning as we see in verse number 8, and God is able to make all grace abound towards you. How, how many of you believe God this morning? Let me see your hand. Okay. That ye, always having all sufficiency in all things, may abound to every good work. That word... Sufficient means enough. You'll have enough if you follow these principles. You'll have enough if you'll sow, not just sparingly, but abundantly. See, everything God impresses upon His church to give, He will give enough back to care for all of our needs. I, I know these are difficult times, not as difficult as the Macedonians faced. I know inflation is twice what they say it is, or it's not even at all, and some would some would tell you. Well, you and I got to remember as his church, we operate on God's economy. 
And what God gives, if we obey his principles, there's a principle of sufficiency that God is holding himself to. And God is saying you'll always have enough. When God, for whatever reason, looks down at his church and certainly this church, this local assembly, we could relate to this and he says, there's some things I want you to accomplish and I'm going to give you the ability to do so and I'm going to put a call on certain individuals to go to this place and to, and to do this ministry. And God's not going to do that without sending people to that same church and he's going to say, I'm going to give you everything you need to make sure that can, that happens because I want it to happen. And then he comes to his church and he speaks through his word and he speaks as we seek his will and we grow and how can we do this? How can we reach this group of people and how can we reach our city and how can we make investment in the next generation? And he impresses upon our heart to freely and deliberately give. And God says, I'll bless that according to how you invest. And I promise you, you'll always have enough. You'll always have enough. Many of you could testify that you have more than enough and you follow these principles. But you've got to be willing to invest in God's work and obey Him. He says... He will give you back plenty of care for your needs. Notice the, the wording of the scripture, and God is able to make all grace. If you never give generously from your heart as God leads you, you will never experience this grace. It's the same grace that by which we were saved. It's the same grace that enables us to grow. And think about this. How do we grow as a person, as an individual? How do you grow as a father? How do you grow as a mother? How do you grow as a husband, as a wife? You're stretched beyond your comfort zone. How do, in athletics, how does a team grow? How does an individual athlete grow? He's pushed beyond what he thought he could do. That's how we grow. You and I need to keep keep our eyes on the fact that God wants us to grow into the likeness of his son. So God, therefore, is going to put things in our life that's going to make us grow. Now, some in this area we're talking about, so I, they've got us out to please God. I'm just, okay, whatever God wants, that's what we're going to do. And I'm just going to trust him to do it. But they had to grow to that point. It's, a, it's, it's an avenue of growth. You have to make the commitment in every area of your life to be faithful to the house of God. That's an area of growth. To be a witness, that's going to stretch you. Well, I have a hard time talking to anybody. I don't know what. It makes you grow and able to be a witness like you're supposed to be. You have to grow to do it. When you got saved, you weren't full grown. It, when, when you, you know, when, you, when, you, when God gave you that child, they came to this world as a baby. Now, I know for some of you, your 25-year-old son is still your baby, but that's a whole other story. But don't miss this point. They've got, you've, got, you've got to grow. God wants us all to grow. And God gave it all. He gave his son. With that grace and then abound, 
that in all things may abound to every good work. Abound means to have or possess in great quantity. To be copiously supplied. I'll, I'll conclude with just reminding us as a church, through the years, this has always been a giving church. God has supplied our needs. God will continue to supply our needs. And I believe this with my whole heart. Not only is God blessing us now, but there are much greater blessings coming in the future. Why is that? Because God always abides by the principles that he set. We've always had enough. But as we turn around and we sow, he's going to bless us in response to not just the fact that we sowed, but how much we sowed. How much we were willing to give him. And I remind you, we've already seen in previous weeks, it's a revelation of how much does God have us. You see, if you're not willing to be faithful to the house of God, you're not going to be willing to give financially or otherwise. If you're not willing to obey that quiet, small voice of the Spirit of God as He leads through His Word and leads through the preaching in other areas of your life, you're probably not going to respond this way. But God's got some principles that if you and I will abide by them, I'm not, I'm not preaching to you this morning that you're going to, okay, everybody give next week in the offering, you're all going to be millionaires. If that were the case, more people would be preaching, more pastors would be preaching on giving. What it is is if God has more of you, you're going to grow. And he will increase the capacity to do what? To give back to him. Sadly, I've seen it through the years, and I trust that we'll learn from this. We put these principles into place, and God does increase us. And he blesses us in ways that we've never been blessed before. And as long as we continue to abide by these same principles, God continues. But the moment it becomes about all of us, and we stop sowing, God will stop blessing. It's all about sowing. Why? Because it reveals our heart. This morning, do you know the Lord? Do you know Jesus as your personal Savior? I remind you this morning, while this is a message to Christians primarily about giving, I remind you that God gave His Son. Gave Him so that you and I might have salvation, might have forgiveness of our sins. I would encourage you this morning to get your salvation settled. Christian, what area do you need to grow in? You know, what I'm speaking of this morning takes a commitment. Pastor, I just don't know that I, I just don't know that I can make that commitment. I mean, I've got a 30-year mortgage and a seven-year loan on my car, but I don't think I can make that commitment to God. Um, maybe this morning you need to make a commitment and say, hey, you know what, I'm going to get plugged into what God's doing. I'm going to be faithful to the house of God. I'm going to, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to sow in prayer. Pastor, I don't, I don't have much as far as finances, but the greatest thing in the world is sowing in prayer. Sowing in prayer. But wherever you're at this morning and you need to grow, let's take that next step of growth. 
Maybe it is in your giving. Maybe you've yet to get that, that principle of tithing and that principle of giving. But if we took the time this morning and we won't, we could hear testimony after testimony after testimony after testimony that once we got that established in our life, not only did I have sufficient means, but I had abundant because God keeps his promises. Maybe this morning you've yet to sow. Start sowing. Only have a little. Give, sow how you can. God will bless it. Maybe you're sowing sparingly. And maybe the message to you this morning is, well, I want to get more from God. And, and, and I want those blessings. And, and I don't know why he doesn't bless me more. Maybe he wants more from you. And this is a good thing to bring out. And sometimes we put a greater value on what we're giving than God does. Well, I'm giving this. God might be saying, I know you're giving that. That's, that didn't hurt you. There's no sacrifice. Boy, the Macedonians certainly set a pretty high bar, didn't they? However, the Lord speaks to your heart this morning. This morning, this not grudgingly, not of necessity, as the Lord speaks to you. Would you follow the leading of the Spirit of God this morning? If you need to trust Christ as your Savior. In just a moment, we're going to have our invitation. There will be an opportunity for you to come down. Let somebody open the Bible so you can be saved. Maybe you've been saved, but you've never been scripturally baptized. Follow the Lord in baptism today. Identify with Him. Identify with this church. Maybe you need to join the church this morning. Say, I'm going to get committed. I'm going to get in. Maybe you're a member and you have not put yourself in a position to grow in a very long time. That's what the message is for this morning. May we all grow. How do we grow? We commit more of ourselves to our God. Father, help us this morning as we consider your word, as we consider these